Hi everyone. Good morning. Great to be here again, isn't it? I just love to be together in this setting, don't you? Wouldn't miss it for anything. So uh, today we're carrying on with the series Old Ways, New Days, and uh, we're looking at how the life of King David when he became king uh, helps us to understand how God deals with people and how we can interact with him. And what a glorious day today is in this series, because today we're talking about praising God. Because David came uh, to the point where he understood that the presence of God was the greatest thing in his life. So today we're looking at when they brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. Uh, it had been existing in the home of a, another man outside the city and uh, he had been mightily blessed while it was with him. Uh, now David has assembled all of Israel. The whole nation is together and here they are uh, coming to bring in the Ark of the Covenant with great pomp and ceremony. I suppose something really like uh, a royal wedding or something like that in London uh, in the 21st century. Everyone looking, everyone watching, uh, everyone involved, everyone passionate about it in some way or another. Uh, and so here is this event. And in the Bible, it's covered in uh, several passages. And I'm just taking uh, one passage and we'll remark on the one or two things in other passages as we go through. So I'm just going to read from the Bible now uh, from 1 Chronicles chapter 15 beginning at verse 25. So David and the elders of Israel and the commanders of thousands went to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from the house of Obed-Edom with rejoicing. And because God helped the Levites who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, they sacrificed seven bulls and seven rams. David was clothed with a robe of fine linen, as also were all the Levites who were carrying the Ark and the singers, and Chenaniah, the leader of the music of the singers. And David wore a linen ephod. So all Israel brought up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord with shouting to the sound of the horn, trumpets and cymbals, and made loud music on harps and lyres. And as the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came to the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David dancing and celebrating, and she despised him in her heart. Well, that's something, isn't it? So today there are a couple of illustrations I just want to whet your appetite with. I want you to think about uh, perhaps Downton Abbey, the television programme. And I also will be mentioning Dad dancing. I don't know if you've ever seen me dancing, uh, but it is a classic example of Dad dancing. That's me. So here we are in David's time, and he's bringing this ark into Jerusalem and there is this huge noise and band and celebration and Michael which is spelt differently to our Michael this is the queen 
Saul's daughter, but now married to David. And uh, he is the king and she is the queen. And she's not taking part in this celebration. She's standing aside from this celebration. David's very concerned that he brings the ark in to Jerusalem. He's very concerned that the presence of God is right at the center of Israel's life. He's very concerned that what is seen and understood to be clearly the authority in the land is the God of heaven, the God of David. And he is quite clear that that is what people should see. Not that the ark should be out in the countryside, not that the ark should be not really involved in government, commerce, economics, politics even. No, not, not, not that it should be out there, but it should be right at the centre so that he can worship in the centre, so that he can praise God in the centre of his life. And Michael looks at this, uh, not joining in, holding herself aside. She's in the palace rather than in the crowd or even in the procession. And she looks out of the window and she despises him. It's very Downton Abbey-ish, isn't it, really? There is the upper class and Michael is very sure and very aware that she is, she is not part of that class. And when you look in the account of this in to Samuel, you'll see the way uh, they interact, way David and Michael interact at the end of this event, when David comes back to the palace and discovers his wife standing there cynically, probably got her arms folded, looking at him. And uh, she says, uh, she says to him, you have debased yourself today. You have made a fool of yourself today. Your extravagant dancing, you're stripping off your clothes in the heat of the day as you dance has made you like a common man, has made you despicable in my sight. And David says, it wasn't for you that I was dancing. I was dancing for the Lord God. I was dancing in front of him, not in front of you. And I was dancing for him and I was there because God chose me to be king. And I will be even more despicable in your sight if necessary. It's a fascinating exchange. And of course, for us today, we can see that for ourselves, the cynicism that Michael showed is so easily our problem. When it comes to worship, when it comes to praise, when it comes to being extravagant in our praise, we can be so caught up in what other people think, how we look, how we sound, that we can find ourselves being cynical about other people around us who are worshipping God with all their heart, with all their might. You know, in Zoom times, it is difficult sometimes, isn't it, to uh, to just get really free. We are sitting in our 
room, Jackie and I here uh, in the study here. <clears throat> and it's just not like being in a hall and worshiping God in a, in a hall where you feel uh, you can be quite liberal and liberated and so on. But let not cynicism enter in. Don't look at one another in gallery view and be cynical. Take encouragement from those who really worship. You know, the exciting thing about Zoom meetings is that in every home on Sunday morning, God loves to enter in and receive your worship. God loves to hear you sing and dance and worship him. So don't have a Downton Abbey attitude. See, at the end of the Samuel account, one of the most devastating verses in the Bible, really, I suppose, it says this, And Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that God will make everyone who's cynical about worship uh, barren, every woman who's cynical about worship barren, or every man uh, fatherless, uh, not fathering. But what we can see is that God takes this very seriously, and so should we. We should be serious about our joy, serious about our exaltation of the King of Kings, who's done so much for us. And so David knew that he, his whole life was down to God and God's intervention in his life and God's guidance of his life. And now he wanted God to be right in the center of things. And he was prepared to be very exuberant in his dancing and praising of God. It's a, a famous passage. Lots of people uh, are aware of this passage passage, even if they don't know the Bible terribly well, they're aware of this dancing David who uh, was despised by his wife. Well, what can we say about this dancing David then? Well, he comes into the picture uh, already having organized this huge uh, thing that's going on. He knows that he wants the presence of God as was symbolized by the Ark of the Covenant. He wants that presence of God right in the center of his life and the nation's life. Wouldn't it be great if the whole nation worshiped God? Don't you think? What a great prayer that could be for us. Oh Lord, may this nation put you at the center and worship you. So that's what David was doing when he brought the Ark in. And, um, I don't know about you, but I think dad dancing is quite good. Especially when it's me doing the dad dancing. I know people uh, use it as a comedy, uh, but that's fine with me. Mr. Bean is a dad dancer. <coughs> Although I read an article recently which, uh, in which he was interviewed and, and said that Mr. Bean was a child in adult clothing, a child in an adult 
body. And that's that was at the core of the humour of Mr. Bean. And yeah, his dancing and exuberance can be seen in uh, like that in children in in the in church worship as well. They dance without any care or concern about it at all. In the 1980s, I guess at its peak, there was a thing called the charismatic hop. Those of you who've never seen the charismatic hop have missed a quite remarkable thing. I was going to try and do the charismatic hop for you now, but unfortunately, there's not enough room here in this room for me to properly express the charismatic hop which was a sort of dancing, I call it a sort of dancing, because I suppose it was just bouncing up and down, really, from foot to foot. Is that dancing? I don't know, but when you also raise your hands in the air in worship, it's quite unusual to look at. But to do is to enjoy. But to do is to enter into God's presence more fully because you're abandoned. <coughs> Excuse me. And so David comes in dancing. I can imagine him at the head of the procession, can't you? Twirling and dancing and laughing. It says a little bit before the passage we read, it says this, David also commanded the singers and musicians should play loudly on musical instruments, on harps and lyres and cymbals, to raise sounds of joy. <laughs> to raise sounds of joy. That's what David was after in this celebration. Well, the band was a weird band, wasn't it? Trumpets and cymbals and things like that harps and lyres how harps and lyres made a loud noise i'm not sure but i'm sure that everyone involved was very exuberant about it harps and lyres trumpets and cymbals strange band but they made a joyful noise i've known some strange bands when i was very young it was skiffle that was the thing. And we had these tea chests with broomsticks and a bit of twine as a sort of sort of base and uh, washboard and thim thimble. <laughs> oh, yes. Great fun. And if you were very fortunate, a guitar that was probably in tune, possibly in tune. And so, yeah, Skiffle was quite an event. And then came along the rock and roll and so on. Well, this band was different, uh, but it made a joyful noise. And that is the whole point of what all this is about. A joyful, joyful noise. Hopefully a musical noise. It's not recorded what score they got, or whether they were asked to appear on Britain's Got Talent, or anything like that. But uh, we certainly can see the result. And the result was exuberant praise by the whole nation, 
except, of course, for the Queen, who despised what was going on. But for David, he knew God did not despise, God encouraged. God was delighted with what was happening in this nation. God was delighted that the uh, ark was being brought into the center of their life, that the presence of God and the worship of God was the center. And so it should be with us today. How do you feel about dancing? Could we re-establish the charismatic hop, do you think? There are so many things about this passage that are encouraging. David was a king who it said was after God's own heart. And if he could dance before God in worship with wild exuberance, then so can we. But of course, physically, not all of us can do that. And uh, some of us are little bit longer in the tooth and that might diminish our energy a little um, but dance in your heart if you can't dance physically give God the glory for what he's done in your life he's called you redeemed you saved you put you in a, a wonderful place if you're a Christian you know all this truth is true for you personally and so why not worship him? You know, in Zoom, it is difficult to uh, really feel the encouragement of one another as we worship together. But it does happen because the Spirit of God is in each home and the Spirit of God joins us together. So I want to encourage you once again. This time is not a time to sit back to suffer the temptation of being cynical about it all, or just to be lackadaisical about it. Whenever there's an opportunity to worship together, let's take it wholeheartedly and fully. Let's be those who know what it is to bring the presence of God right into the center of who we are as KCC. Amen.